0: Right here from Detroit Michigan to Dilla, listen to hi there everybody welcome to the arts report today is October the uh, 12th and I am your host Ashley Park I'm joined today with the wonderful Jake, Jake.
1: yep that's Jake me. Clark
0: that's you that's you Jake and what do we have for today Jake I think we have something that starts with a V and ends with an F.
1: No, uh, that uh, um, what is it? Van- bamf- vamp, 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 viver, 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 That's it. That's it. That's <laughs> it. There we go. We hit <laughs> upon it.
0: And what does VIV stand for, Jake?
1: You want me to say that on the show? Oh, oh, oh the, oh, the, oh, the international, the film festival. Yeah, the Vancouver International <laughs> Film Festival. Yes. That's
0: right. That's right. Yes,
1: the other thing's is illegal in most provinces. Um
0: Yeah, we can't talk about that.
1: Yes, that's true. <laughs>
0: um, so. If you haven't heard VIF is here VIFF is a thing it's a thing until uh, the 14th so the people have four more days to check it out If they haven't checked it mm. out and if you guys are on the fence about it we at the arts report had the um, had the opportunity to actually go and see one uh, not one but many of the um, uh, movies they that they uh, had there not only that but only also the Canadian content too
1: yeah we've Talk had about. a heaping smorgasbord of features yes. Mm-hmm. Some some of them work. The interesting thing about VIF is that a lot of it is Canadian, but a lot of it is from various parts of the world, and yeah, it all, all kind of comes here. Uh, I mean, we get a few from the States, not as many as you'd think from the States, mm-hmm. uh, and a few big names, too, this time around. Like, there's a new Paul Verhoeven movie, mm-hmm. uh, L, which seems actually like he's getting back on the horse. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I I kind of like Paul Verhoeven, but uh, he, he, when you make Showgirls and Basic Instinct, you know, it's kind of undermine respectability a little bit. You also have a new Mondavar movie, which also seems good. And then you have two and a half hours of Shia LaBeouf doing what looks like... Um, what's that show where they get the celebrities in the car and they sing along? Oh,
0: the, the thing with James Corbin, right? Yes,
1: it looks like that, but with a bunch of grungy drifters and Shia LaBeouf. It's, that's at American Honey. for That's getting a theatrical release. You don't need mm-hmm. that here. Uh, but there are some other great movies in VIF, and the great thing is that some of them don't get a theatrical release, but you can see them here.
0: That's right. And Others, um, such as shorts, they have shorts that yes, know, actually. are really, really interesting, too. Mm-hmm. Um, some are funded, actually, by our uh, government, both in provincial and in federal levels, to help artists, especially Canadian artists, be able to um, have the funding to, pro- to kind of, like, you know, be able to show their craft
1: yeah, you saw let's compare Mythologies, correct?
0: That's right. I saw let's compare mythologies. What did you see?
1: I saw Real Youth Film Festival, which was a sort of a mini festival for shorts, and these are funded. there were there were a few good ones in there. There was, um, there was, the first one was a weird sort of zombie musical. Okay. Which, yeah, there's going to be a lot of zombies in this episode. There's going
0: to be a lot of zombies in yeah, this episode. Yeah, that
1: was, that sort of reminds me of, if you know the band Ludo, reminds me a lot of them.
0: I, yes, I yeah. remember listening to Ludo and I was like, I don't know, like 14, and I'm like, yes, I'm so
1: like, you know, hardcore, yeah, listen to Ludo. I like Ludo. I, I do. D- I do. I like, I like hum Along. that song tugs at my heartstrings. Um, I, I I broke down once listening to it. It was it was really amazing. Why? That, that was it's a very intensely romantic song. The guy Ludo writes these bizarrely romantic songs, and the it's because of the vocal style. The singer sounds very much like the guy from Ludo. Who I cannot remember his name, but uh, that was one of the shorts. It was it was a weird musical. Um, and then there was there was a lot of uh, of of LGBTQ content in this one, and some native content, which was interesting. There was a bit on. Um, mm-hmm the decolonialization thing, which I, 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 in all honesty, I feel really, I I still don't know what that means exactly. I I am still a little confused on that concept, but it's a very forward attempt there. And uh, there was a, there's a stop motion picture on native wood carving, which had these words in the language about the objects being carved. And that I liked because I like, I like a good good stop motion once in a while i think that's a really mm-hmm. it's a very cost efficient way to make a, a movie and an interesting way to make art it's 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 a very I, I like seeing that and then there was okay so there was the best one i thought was about this dreidel that stopped time called best efforts
0: a dreidel that stops yeah
1: there was spinning top but i call it a dreidel because you know it's 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 spinning top you know
0: okay
1: yeah um And basically, he stops time to try and solve issues, but ends up making them, like, go horrifically wrong. That's
0: what happens in every time travel. Yeah,
1: like, so, for example, the first one is he sees this guy who's kind of a douchebag. I don't remember what he did. Okay. Douchebag guy, but he stops time, ties the guy's shoelaces together on his shoes. So he falls over, and uh, another guy's mowing his lawn, and the lawnmower... (laughs) That You see, that happens oh, off screen.
0: <laughs> okay, I getcha. Yeah, I get ya. yeah.
1: It's just, it's sort of causality makes it happen. And there was. How to Get People to Like You was another one, which is also stop motion, which was remarkable because it was well, exactly what you expected to be. It's a very satirical thing on how to get people to like you, featuring like these magazine cutouts and what have you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the ironic last message of it, which is be yourself, after telling you to basically. Uh, it, it says exactly what you'd expect it to, okay. in that regard. Like, like always be smiling. Never let on yourself. So, so, you, you, you've you've seen this before, but it was it told that rather well because that that last bit I did laugh at. That was that that last little stab of humor I did laugh at. So those were all those those were a selection of these shorts, and I, I really hope to see um, these people do things with that. I always want to see the people who make these shorts at least. Uh, Try something else because I know a lot of people get discouraged, and I find that a little sad oh these these were yeah. all it, these were all well made like these di- these were di- these didn't seem sloppy like somebody put money into these, mm-hmm. and i just I, I I hope that effort is continued you know it's, that's, that's I guess that's what happens every time you see uh these collection of shorts
0: i don't know because um i, I what, what I noticed in in my um shorts Shorts sort of, like, collection. Let's Compare Mythologies. Let's Compare mythology. yes, I know. But I actually had a big crowd. We had a lot of people watching it, and um, it, it was really well-received. And I know we're always worried about, you know, especially for people who are doing shorts, like, will my work be seen? But there was yeah. quite a sizable uh, crowd. And one thing I really liked about uh, Let's Compare Mythologies, it is all uh, Canadian,
1: yeah. So that uh, was really I've, interesting.
0: I've so all Canadian shorts. Um,
1: what do they mean by that title, Let's Compare Mythologies?
0: I thought they were talking about the, um, there was a, a song, um, no, no, it was a book, actually. It was a book, because I was like, what, what do they mean by Let's Compare Mythologies, too? Because I thought it was, like, talking about different, like, mythologies from all around Canada. Yeah. Uh, no. So that was a little, like, mm. It, it's actually a book by, by Leonard Cohen. And we all know that Leonard Cohen like it, yeah. is a Canadian poet and songwriter. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that was, um, I'm guessing that's where the title came from. But um, the different—he's
1: a—he's a cultural treasure.
0: Yeah, the cultural treasure. The different movies yeah, really that, were, that were in it. I—we had a lot of mixed feelings. Andy and I actually uh, went to see it. I think it, i think it's great that it was all kind of like Canadian content, but I wish there was a through line or a theme.
1: Oh, so there was no theme.
0: There. For me, I felt like there was no theme, because okay. there was a lot of different stuff, and I'll talk about it. Um, so uh, we opened with an animated short called Clouds by uh, Nathan Douglas. It is about 11 minutes, and um, no, no, excuse me, by Diego McLean, my bad, by Diego McLean for Clouds, and it's about 12 minutes. And basically, it is um, an old man, and his job is to interpret what's on the clouds so that they can sacrifice it for their god.
1: Oh, he's an augur.
0: Yeah, basically. So he sees in the uh, clouds. He's like, okay, I see a chicken, so we have to sacrifice the chicken. And what they do is they push off the animal, off a steep cliff, and it falls in, into the ocean, and it, they all go, yes, praise. And then it happens every day. Huh. So of course, you know, he's, like, completely fine with his job, but then his wife gets more and more guilty because even if it's a simple sort of, like, you know, Style in the animation, like it's just kind of like very sparse lines, watercolor washes. So there's not a lot of like color and depth. The simplicity is what makes it even more kind of jarring when you get into a little more detail. Because the animals get bigger and bigger. Then it gets like a goat. Then becomes like a horse. You can see the panic on the animals' faces, and then the old lady keeps getting more and more worried. And then it ultimately ends with the ultimate sacrifice. Human. Who knows? I'm not going to tell you. Mm. If you want to go watch... Wait, you can't go watch it. It's only on, like, the last time was on the ninth.
1: Yeah, that's the problem with a lot of these films is that <sighs> a lot of them are... we've are only, Most of them only have two performances, that's so true. you can't see most of them. You can probably find them, though. A lot of them are... Some of them might be on a streaming service. I have no doubt that a few of the movies I saw are going to be on our... Like, I, I, I'm dead sure at least one of them is going to be on Netflix.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Then... So... Uh, yeah, so the way it ended, I felt like you know I I don't know I just didn't I didn't like the ending. Maybe you know it was a, there was a reason why they made sure we got that sort of ending, but it wasn't for me. Yeah. Then we moved into um, Cave of Size. and that's by Nathan Douglas, and uh, this is a little of a, this was really really uh. We we had, like, a bit of, like, a... Like, we had a feeling that it was going to be a horror movie, but it wasn't, so it kind of, like, oh, okay. psyched us out. But basically, this woman and this man are having kind of a casual hookup, and the lights are all out, because there's a power out. So, the, so they actually get candles. Opportunity, not a problem. They get candles, and they're holding candles, as they're going through the woman's apartment, and they see a lot of, like, Eastern, Orthodox, Christian pictures, like pictures of, like, Jesus and, like, angels, and they're not smiling. They Oh, like open. the
1: one where Jesus is, like, bleeding profusely and, like, emaciated? Okay.
0: You know, I, I don't think they had a picture of Jesus on the cross, but it's mostly, like, really kind of um, gaunt depictions of, like, Mary looking at you and angels just looking at you and not smiling. So yeah. The guy's kind of, like, a little creeped out. And we thought, oh, my God, this is, like, a religious psycho movie or something, like, maybe, but it wasn't. It was actually much more different. And the way it ended, we were also kind of like, hmm, what happened? Because...
1: Halfway in, it just turns up like, the devil inside.
0: No, no, no. We, we thought it was going to, but it was just, yeah. like, the woman and the man kind of, like, you know, quietly talking. We're all, like, tense, but nothing happens. And she's like, will you stay? Like, you know, and that kind of thing. And it just ended, and she just looked really defeated, and she was, like, looking at, like, the picture because it was, like, something her grandmother really liked or something, and they, and her father used to paint it for her grandmother or whatever. We don't get any more details after that. And the movie ends just as abruptly as it started, so we weren't able to get closure as we would have liked. Because to me, it looked like the woman wanted closure too, but she's not able to attain it. So that was, like, a, a thing.
1: When in doubt, Samuel Beckett ending.
0: Yeah. Then after that, uh, we watched The New Canada by Alexander Carson. And if uh, listeners remember from last year, there was a uh, movie that we saw by the same kind of a director and their company called Oh, Brazen Age. So if you, if you heard what we talked about, Oh, Brazen Age. Oh, I sh- thought that was
1: Oh, Blazen Age, the new Cheech and Chong movie.
0: No, no, no. 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 So who knows? <laughs> if it's Vancouver, Sorry. people might like it.
1: Yes. No, I have no doubt. But yeah, mm-hmm. it, The Brazen Age then.
0: Yeah, it's Oh, Brazen Age. And... If uh. we had to say one word, uh, it would be, like, pretentious.
1: <laughs> well, there you go.
0: It was great, though. Like, um, Andy actually likes, like, the, the pretentious vibe of it. He's like, you know what? I really like it as an English major graduate. It makes me feel, like, right at home. So that was it, – it was really fun, though. I wouldn't – like, it, it mm. felt to me more like a visual poetry piece.
1: Ah, uh, sort of like jarmish thing.
0: There was a lot of, like um, – Images.
1: Charmish had a movie in this. Actually, we got. Kind
0: of, oh, we'll get to that. Yeah,
1: we'll get to that. Kind
0: of like um, a lot of images that kind of don't like match up and like you know, stuff like that and whatnot. But um, it it was pretty it was pretty fun it was pretty fun and but the most important thing to me about these shorts and one thing I'm just gonna say really quickly is there was a lot of different genres. So you had animation, you had documentary, you had you know like a short story sort of thing. And one thing that really stood out to me that I really enjoyed, two of them actually, is called Your Mother and I and Cabby. Let's focus on Cabby because what they do is they actually interviewed various cab drivers in Vancouver mm. and told and told the story of three different cab drivers. One, um, he was a, uh, a student from India and he came over here and he is now a cab driver. Another one is a woman and she says, people always ask me, did you want to be a cab driver you know did you not have anything else and she's like no i actually wanted to be one and i actually asked you know do you hire women cab drivers another person is like has been a cab driver his entire life and the one the thing that i really liked about this documentary is it starts at nighttime and talks about all these different stories like you know do you ever feel threatened when you're picking up somebody yes do you think people feel threatened by you that kind of thing you know, as well as, like, you know, what do you notice driving around through the town? Like, well, there's people who live in very rich cities. There's people who live in very poor places. You know, people, um, the way they treat us is very different. And then it ends mm-hmm. with, the, with the day breaking, and it was really beautiful to me.
1: That is nice. You know, I, I get the cab driver's anxiety. You know, I've called cabs to some places where it's like, oh, yeah, you want to see the meth epidemic up close? Here you go.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's nice. Aloha Dave was a cab driver, was he not? Was he? I think so. I didn't know that I, I don't know i that, that might have been uh I, I i don't know somebody correct me in the comments Do we have comments
0: they can they can always reach out to us on facebook that'd be great yeah. if you if you want to you can always find us on facebook you know arts report at mm-hmm. ctr um just so you know we are going to be heading into a short um, few messages you are listening to the arts report ctr radio 101.9 fm broadcasting from unceded Musqueam territory in vancouver we'll be right uh, here after the break. Cheers. All right, so uh, we're back on air. There's a few um, uh, technical... We should
1: c- c- hire the goddamn mime for the PSAs again.
0: Yeah. Why do we do that? few technical uh, stuff, but that's okay. That's okay. Um, just to remind you guys, the uh, Vancouver International Film Festival, it is, again, until October the uh, 14th. So if you are mm-hmm. uh, interested in taking a look, go on ahead.
1: Yeah. There's a... Uh, so... I mean, we've seen a few. How many have we seen between us, do you think, from the festival?
0: Quite a lot, actually. Because we've seen
1: a lot, but we haven't mm-hmm. really even scratched the surface of the content. It's like Fringe. You can only see so many, and there's way more than you can catalog. hmm Now, Fringe, I would recommend without reservation. I didn't see a bad, bad Fringe play this year, and I didn't see... I haven't... I don't think in all the times I've been to Vancouver Fringe, which is just two, I've seen a bad Fringe play. Can I say the same about VIF? Really? No. Uh, and here's why. This this season, I wasn't at VIF last year. This is my first Viv. Mm-hmm. I saw Hermia and Helena last Tuesday.
0: Okay. And, and what's it about? So Hermia
1: and Helena, um, firstly, I, I went into this very excited because Hermia and Helena as are two characters from A Midsummer Night's Dream. Yes. And it was advertised as being this guy from Chile's first film. Chile, I believe? Or no, Argentina. Argentina. Mm-hmm. And it was about these Argentinian exchange students coming to uh, New York to work on uh, it was a translation of a Midsummer Night's Dream. This guy himself was a translator, oh, cool. and uh, also apparently there was a ragtime score. I li- I like cultural exchange. One of my favorite movies of all time right now is Whit Stillman's Barcelona, which is actually Americans in Barcelona. So Argentinians in the states, not the exact same thing, but it's a mm-hmm. similar principle. And I, 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 obviously, I'm in English. I have gotta love me some Shakespeare, and I, I like I like Scott Joplin a lot. Yeah. Those things did not come together in this movie. They were there, they serve no purpose. Hermione and Helena was a wasted eighty-three minutes. It was, and I, I, I really don't feel I don't enjoy saying that, but like mm. this is, um, it was just nothing happened. It felt like the first five minutes of a movie where you're being introduced to people. Yeah. But it, that was the entire movie. There was just nothing that came of anything, and there, there, there was like there's an attempt maybe for a plot or a story, but it just did not come across.
0: And why do you think it's because of that? Do you think there was anything lost in translation, or cultural? No,
1: I I don't think so. Certainly not. No, because the guy who did this is he—he's translated Shakespeare. He does, I believe. I I don't think it's either side of cultural shock. This was made by somebody who is decently worldly, Mm -hmm. and I think what this was was a just a lack of focus. It, it seems like that to me because there's technical – there's elaborate technical work in this. There's a, a, this impressive dolly shot through a park of them – of this woman walking through a park. There are interesting characters in this one. There's a possibly lesbian poet with a pyromania issue. I would see a movie about that character on that principle alone. Mm-hmm. Not really in the movie. There's no real character traits or growth because you can't detect them. There's no, there's not really a character. The Midsummer Night's Dream passages of it are used, and there's also other invocations of literature. You can tell literary pencil neck wrote this because okay. this is something that, like, has these themes to it. That one character makes visual poetry with stock footage and excerpts of D- Daphne du Maurier novels. That's, I- I'm saying this like it adds up to something. It doesn't. There's just nothing to it. There is no substance despite this. So if, if you were going to see Hermione, if you're thinking of, like, streaming it or, or, find, or somehow seeing it in the theater, like, seriously, uh, maybe read Midsummer Night's Dream, see literally any of the movies. The one with Stanley Tucci was not that bad. It wasn't terrible. Uh, uh, the, or, you know, like, watch The Sting. That had a great ragtime score. But this, no, it was a nothing of a movie. And it, it does hurt me to say that because I think the person who made this had a, had a good idea, but it just, it just failed hard. In the writing process, like that needed to reach re- a rewrite and a re-edit, which was unfortunate. It's it's hard for me to say.
0: Well, yeah, of course, especially if you are mm-hmm. going in with with kind of prior knowledge of what oh, yeah. is based on, then you'd be even more disappointed because you already have like the ideas of you know what the basic characteristics will be, mm-hmm. what the relationships are going to be like. So you're really looking for what the director or what the actors are going to bring out in addendum mm-hmm. to it. And if, it, if they don't deliver, then because you already know the prior, you know, yeah. stuff, it just feels like a greater disappointment.
1: If, and if there's a theme to it, it was about relationships, mm-hmm. if anything. And you can do that with Midsummer Night's Dream. You can do parallel parallels. There's like the love quadrangle with Hermia, Helena, Lysander, and um, Demetrius. Mm-hmm. There's a relationship between Oberon and Titania that Bottoms brought into on a lark, thanks to the chemical abetons. And there's even uh, Theseus and Hippolyta. There's a lot of different ways to do that, but it just didn't do that. It, you'd really miss that, which was unfortunate i i want to see he'll do better and the interesting thing is that a similar movie was patterson jim the new jim jarmusch movie oh jim jarmusch yeah. is equally self-indulgent about his uh, about his poetry and literary <laughs> not he yeah he is he is, yeah, he, he, is. he really is mm-hmm. like i've seen only lovers left alive that that movie was that movie dragged a lot that movie took what should have also took like what should have been a very could have been like a very cheesily intense precept and like slowed it down a lot with that weird noise rock he makes. Mm-hmm. Um, don't I didn't hate Only Lovers Left Alive. Patterson, I don't hate either. It's got Adam Driver and has this Iranian actress in it who she's – they're both very good. Performances are good. Uh, it's about this guy, Adam Driver, who is a bus driver mm-hmm. and a poet in Patterson, New Jersey. And the main joke of this movie is repetition. So the first 30 minutes are awkward. Like, okay. almost unwatchably awkward. But then they keep repeating these things. There's this motif of twins. There are things of uh, this this couple who have a bad relationship because the guy refuses to accept that it's over. And these instances just keep repeating themselves. Uh, in Sometimes in different iterations, sometimes the exact same iteration. Oh, okay. And that's, um, that is uh, very entertaining. Mm-hmm. It's... Uh, it, it, is, it does become entertaining at the end. Still a little slow. It's still a Jarmusch movie. But, uh, you know, he, he likes his content. If you like Jim Jarmusch, it's worth seeing. That will be Would out. Would you
0: say he was kind of, like, indulging his own aesthetic?
1: Yes and no. It uh Jim Jarmusch's aesthetic has changed significantly. Like uh, has, has, the look of his movies has to a degree changed. Yeah. A bit. Like it, 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 he's changed each time. I'm not saying it's a bad thing cuz he's a guy who writes his movies to that. Like Ghost Dog looks like a very different movie from Limits of Control. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. Um but i i i will say like of jim jarmusch that his movies all sound similar he still has that it's like some people say oh he's sold out he's changed he hasn't really if if you like jim jarmusch to begin with you probably won't hate him now it probably is not a direct comparison and then after jarmusch too like there was a Another thing about it, the funny thing is I saw this Jarmusch movie, then I saw Neruda in the same day, which is also about a poet.
0: I really, I I actually really wanted to see Neruda. I couldn't. Tell me, please, about Neruda. That was
1: enjoyable. Neruda was a movie I expected to be dreary Oscar bait and actually turned out to be rather fun.
0: Okay, okay. but can I just say, if we're going to make a little bit of a thing, dreary Oscar bait, Manchester by sea, okay? I think that's what people were talking about.
1: Oh, hi, Casey Affleck. Yep. (laughs) How are you doing?
0: People are telling me that's the new... That that it might
1: actually win an Oscar and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I could. Casey Affleck is like the the Afflecks are weird but talented people. <laughs> I think, and like Casey Affleck, I do think is like Casey Affleck did that walk in Phoenix thing that uh, mockumentary. He's he, 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 he's sharp. Uh, I didn't see Manchester by the Sea, um, mm-hmm. but you can tell that from the trailer. You yeah, can, you can tell he's angling for an Oscar. <laughs> you know what, but you know I don't blame him. It's worth a shot. The guy's the guy the guy's pretty sharp. He he kind of has that. All right.
0: So let's talk about Neruda. How so, is this not dreary Oscar based Well, on? so
1: Neruda talks about a character so Pablo Neruda who is was a poet was yeah. uh, of the Argent Chilean. This is Chile, not Argentina. That's where I was getting confused. Um, of the, Argent- the Chilean Communist Party in the '40s, and in '47 they forced they tried to get him arrested, and he fled the country. Oh yeah, yeah. But he was a very um, he was a very oddly theatrical figure, and he was a very um, he, like it, he, this movie paints him as being sort of this sort of. Somewhat gluttonous, slightly drunken, very convivial, very charming guy. Uh-huh. And this it's also this police officer sent to pursue him, mm. who's played by Gail Garcia Bernal. And the funny thing is, I started this out thinking, okay, this movie's going to be serious, and this guy's going to be basically Inspector Javert. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. It turns
1: crazy. out this movie is not very serious. Oh, okay. It, compared to what I thought it was gonna be, and this guy's Inspector Clouseau. Uh, oh
0: no.
1: He looks like him too. He's got the boxy suits, double-breasted yeah. though, and the white hat and the the mustache. He looks yeah. like somebody dehydrated Peter Sellers basically. <laughs> and it's 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 really it, it it was funny because the movie he's a strange character. He's yeah. I, He he didn't. I I'm pretty sure he's a fictional character too. That's part of the argument of the movie is that he doesn't exist. It's, and that kind of comes oh, to, really? no, he, he, it's, it's like, it's sort of a loose conception of reality. This is a historical event that did yeah, happen, yeah. but that character is slightly ridiculous. And it's a fun-loving movie too, though, because like Neruda is routinely just, he's supposed to be in basically in hiding and he just slips out to visit his favorite brothel and, <laughs> and he, he, uh, he escapes the investigator yeah. who all the hookers know by name. Probably his mother was one. That's his backstory, but I, mm-hmm. I don't know. But uh, that he Naruto is hiding from him by being in drag, hiding okay. like in plain sight, and that's a funny scene. And he there's a funny scene where Naruto, who's a communist, gets helped out by this guy who is a extremely stereotypical landowner, who would have been the people he hated. Yeah. But the landowner goes, you know what? I don't like this president you elected, so I'm going to help you because I don't, li- I don't like the police. So he's basically a libertarian. Okay. <laughs> and, and uh, like, for context, this movie does start with, like, a parliamentary meeting in the men's room, which has Naruto making his argument as he's urinating. Like, that's the tone of the movie, I and it took you, me a while you. to get that. very cheeky. A little bit, yeah. It, it's, it's I wouldn't call it an extremely serious movie. It, oh, it's about right. real things, but it is not serious. It's never really tense. Mm-hmm. Um which so I saw Patterson and then I saw Naruto right after it. Then I stopped for a bowl of ramen and then I watched the student. Which was a bit of a change of pace.
0: And we will get to a change of pace as we go to a few short messages. Yeah. You listen to the Arts Report with Ashley and
1: Jake. Things are about to get dark. Ooh. And we're back. Come on, what is with that mime? Okay, like we got we got him in the other studio. He, we really cannot get that guy to do PSAs. Oh well, yeah. it's pro bono, whatever. Where were we? Oh yeah, student. Uh, so the student is a Russian movie, and um, like I I I've been to Russia. Uh, it's really a kind of a frightening place to be, and that's the nicer areas. The student is really indicative of that, culturally speaking. And I think The Student was probably the most relevant movie to now. Like, as in now, what we're looking at. And because we're the media, we have to mention Donald Trump at least once. So this is the mindset that birthed him. Angry, young, white guys who will take history, religion, whatever they can get their hands on, and use it to incite violence. This is The Student. And the plot of The Student is best summarized this way. Uh, You know, if anybody here has seen God's Not Dead, the founding precept of that you know, religious student takes on atheist teacher. That's the student, except the student takes place in a universe where causality exists. So the student in this case, the titular student, is very smart. He's also a psychopath who is adhering to, like, extreme orthodoxy. Like, he – and it's it, this is in a high school too, which is where this would more likely happen, I, I would say. Like, we're on a campus right now. I can't see a a, a, – well, many of the causal problems, God's not dead notwithstanding. I can't see a student stepping up to the plate and saying to a professor, yeah, I will debate you on class time.
0: Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. But,
1: yeah, like this is the sort of thing high school students can and will try to do. Like I didn't try to do this, but I knew people who did, except in that case it was kind of the reverse. The student here, though, in this case – is this young Russian guy who dresses like who looks and who looks dresses and to a degree acts like he's Henry Rowland's skeleton?
0: Amazing. Yeah. Okay. It's,
1: it's, and his, his atheist biology teacher basically he has a sudden religious conversion. We don't know what prompts this, but like this is not like the you know com- relatively plying you know decent person variety of Christianity. This is like the Westboro Baptist Church looks at you and they're like, oh my god, scary kind of Christianity. Okay. And on that note, I think it's time for a PSA because we finally kicked the mime out of the studio. How about
0: a little bit of a music break? Um, let, we're going to play Tick by Weaves and uh, let us know if you dig the jam. This is the Arts Report.
1: motivational speeches that I have ever heard came from people who told me I couldn't do something. (laughs) You know why? Because when they told me I couldn't do it, I was bound and determined to show them that I could.
0: Did you know CITR has an accessibility collective? Our new collective serves to explore issues of inclusion, equity, and accessibility for people with physical and cognitive disabilities on campus and beyond. If you love making radio, listening to radio, or want to get involved for the first time, come join our collective. We include people of all abilities, experience levels, and backgrounds in the production and program.
1: I will not be silent. I will be God. Okay, Ah. we're back, and we're back back on the air. Yes, yes. Uh, So the student, where do we leave off?
0: You were talking about how oh uh, yeah, something about you know yeah
1: the scary uh, kind of Christianity. So Orthodox Christianity played straight, basically. Uh, and it, this is an interesting movie because it is really insightful to both sides of the argument. Mm-hmm. Whoever wrote this knows their Bible very well. I, I, I've read my Bible. I couldn't quote you passages directly from it except for the ones on the AA coin in my pocket right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, this one, every single passage is cited. It, it comes up in text and, uh, with the verse from it, which is interesting because you know because that allows you to know when the kid is not quoting the Bible, and he's, like, using it for basically to be a be a jackass like so he gets bikinis banned he means that all girls have to wear a full swimsuit to appeal to modesty uh, uh, yeah yeah bikini <laughs> or normal swimsuit either one of those will get you you know would get you stoned to death at the time but okay yeah. uh, and then uh his biology class where his teacher is an atheist and that's the main issue so he goes off the rails during sex ed mm-hmm. and then during evolution y- you can see where this is going
0: I can see where it's going
1: um and the problem is that he gets abetted by the people around him like the uh the his his his, uh the teachers gang up on the biology teacher they obviously don't want him doing what he's doing Mm -hmm. but they gang up on the biology teacher for teaching sex ed okay this is russia in 2016 that's a problem Uh, i have a question
0: are 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 the um are there any people who are let's say like religious portrayed in a
1: positive light yes uh actually uh this movie kind of airs on the side of everybody's at least flawed and probably a scumbag. Okay. The priest in the movie is not uh, is not as extreme as him, but does enable him because he's trying to recruit him, basically. Oh, okay, gotcha. And th- this is a thing. Russia is uh, is a nation that has a rabid history of anti Semitism. That's historical fact. Yeah. And the. Uh, what eventually what happens is the teacher is of Jewish descent, which comes up, and at this the, this, the climax of the movie takes place at a, a faculty meeting, and the priest is involved, and he reads a tract from a a, a a figure. He doesn't make a point about it, but this tract basically says, "Don't associate with Jews; they're bad people." Oh no! Yeah, this is goes to a general lack of comment, which is pretty indicative of the divide. You okay. know what, though? I can see this happening. I can see this happening south of the border. I can see this happening in a lot of schools in flyover country right now because that's the kind of environment that got us into the electoral shitstorm shit we are in now. Yeah. Profanity cap, I guess. Uh, but. Yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> that, that, that one had to come out for a while. This is the sort of thing I've been thinking about for a while because it, this is impossible to avoid. Okay. Uh, and, like, the... We should not be saying that the issues in Russia, which is a nation that has an extremely different set of problems in the past few century than we do, you know, because of communism, among mm-hmm. other things, are applicable directly in this way. But they are. And that's terrifying to me. So I came out of the student pretty. I had a lot to say about that. And mm-hmm. this this, yeah, this is that this is a movie that deserves to be seen, but is also, like very intense, like not this doesn't end well, and it's not uplifting. It's pretty thoroughly depressing. Yeah, there are moments of comedy, um, there are moments of like entertaining comedy, but it's it's a thoroughly depressing movie.
0: Speaking of depressing movies, I saw one uh, that hailed from France called uh, Chocolat. Do, do you know what that means?
1: Oh, this is the Julie Delpy one, where um, Johnny Depp played an Irish gypsy. no, no, no,
0: no, 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 this is. Much more better. Oh no, no. That
1: was uh, <laughs> no. It wasn't That wasn't Julie Delpy. Who is that?
0: I have no idea. Julia Binoche. It's been a long time since I watched that movie. No, but uh, it's called uh, Chocolat, which means chocolate in French, and um, It's direc- uh, directed um, by D. Zem. And it is really, really like I had a really good time watching this movie, but thoroughly depressing. So Omar Sy is. Um, a brilliant actor. He plays a former slave who finds fame in a comedy circus performance um, in kind in Belle Époque Paris. That's the guy with, from the
1: Untouchables, isn't it? Yeah,
0: he is. He's from the Untouchables. and
1: that, you know, that's a great movie.
0: And th- th- the thing is, like, he plays a slave, and um, this he's paired up with this um, white Frenchman and hmm, named fritit, and they're actually real. It's actually based on a historical story. Yeah. And they become the first, like, white clown and black clown duo. Okay. So the, it, 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 they create, yeah. like, a whole new brand of comedy, and they're very, very successful. But at the same time, Chocolat, he is aware of... What sort of role he's in? The
1: horrific racism that's around. That's him. That's
0: racism, yeah. And yeah. he realizes that, like, he might have kind of like not only created a new type of stereotype, but has only enforced it. And he is kind of he wants to be taken seriously, but then is conflicted because he's only famous for playing a racial stereotype, and if he were to do something else. The public will never accept him because that even
1: like Bill Robinson
0: you can even say this time today like just because from the you know from the color of his skin he'll just be never 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 be seen as a serious actor and it's very heartbreaking at times because you really want to root for um, Chocolat but he, he does indulge in his vices a lot he loves to drink he loves gambling he loves women so he's not
1: so do I what's your point
0: he gambles away a lot of his money.
1: Yeah, that's... yeah. And
0: um, the thing is, he doesn't take his job of clowning very seriously. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. That his partner, well. who, made him, who made him famous, technically, yeah. Foutit, is very, very upset with them because... Um, and then this is, this is where it gets really like hard for you to pick a side. Because Foutit is, is the guy who made him famous, sure, but he would not have been famous without Chocolat to be honest.
1: Is he he also, is he endemically racist or is he a... uh,
0: It's really hard to tell because we at times don't know if he is racist or if if he's jealous of Chocolat's fame because people know who Chocolat is. They know who he is, but they don't. They they kind of, like, Foutit plays second fiddle, but in these shows, Foutit the actual show is basically a white clown beats up the black clown uh, In like humorous ways, of course. It's not like you know beating on stage, but like you know, like maybe yeah, yeah. you know, like pie to the face, or he trips or something. You know what I mean?
1: Yes. And yeah, then the did the, uh, uh, I get the picture?
0: Yeah. So so it really is like is Foutit using Chocolat or does he really consider him an equal? And it gets even more heartbreaking because they they start to split when Chocolat kind of is like woke, and he tells him, "I don't want to do this anymore."
1: Just out of curiosity, did you end up seeing Birth of, the Birth of a Nation?
0: No, but I really want to.
1: Okay, uh, I didn't see that one at VIF, but mm-hmm. I, I saw that one otherwise. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> yeah, let's just say okay, titling the movie The Birth of a Nation that was had to be intentional. Yeah. Um, there's the interesting thing about that compared to this one, I would think, is that, uh, the Birth of a Nation really is this movie seems like it's trying to weigh on both sides of it a mm-hmm. little bit. Like, yes, there is horrific systematic racism yep. in that time, which would have been the same time, about the same time as the birth of a nation said, if I am not correct. 1800, 1700s mm-hmm. early. Yeah. Uh, but in the birth of a nation, um, it's this very brutal um, world view, which is, I, I don't doubt is true. There's a similarity to 12 Years a Slave that's going to definitely get brought up.
0: You can't escape from it, let's be honest. Pardon? You can't escape from the comparisons. Just because no. there, there no. hasn't been too many. No, people because will compare about it. And, and, and it's and, not it's not anyone's fault mm-hmm. except for the lack of media. Yeah. And it's not like the, there is lacking of media. It's just there is not enough people <sighs> who are willing to put it up on theater because, you know— well, um, In movie theaters and stuff like that. Well,
1: slavery is a historical topic that, yeah. in terms of approach, well, just, the the actual movie first called Birth of a Nation not the is, is a movie glorifying the KKK. Mm-hmm. It's the first epic movie. It's D.W. Griffith's mark on film history. Yeah. It's an unavoidable part of it. Also a, a monument to white supremacy. Mm-hmm. And I think this movie was intended somehow to counter that, Birth of a Nation. Mm-hmm. This movie seems like it is more personal mo- about, it is, it is about more personal, being an entertainer as well as race and the f- role that that factors into it.
0: Yep. It, it is very personal, mm-hmm. and you really do feel for the character, especially when he kind of starts to take things more seriously, when he realizes you know, who he is and what he wants to make of yeah. himself. And it just was really depressing. You, even though it's like, you know, like they're clowns, tears of a clown, right?
1: Yeah. You're you just know. so
0: sad at the end.
1: Yeah, that that oh, that sort God. of story gets to me personally. I might have to I have to see this one. Like yeah,
0: that. Uh, unfortunately, it, it it the last running was on October the ninth, but I hope that they uh, put it up someplace else because it's really really good. I had so much fun. Uh, Andy was like laughing, and Landy's like, "I'm so bad right now. I'm like laughing at these like ra- like really racist like clown performances." It- but they were really well choreographed. I'm not gonna lie, hmm. it really shows a lot of the physicality of the actors. They do a great job embodying these people. Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, Chocolat really, I really liked it. I really do um, suggest that people go watch it if they have the chance.
1: After that, though, I imagine you may need some lighter fare, and there's. A couple examples of that that I do have as well.
0: What's that? The
1: Love Witch and The Architect, to a degree. Um, those were both uplifting to mm-hmm. me. Like the, the thing is that a film like The Birth of a Nation, not uplifting. Yeah, no. It is It is a brutal thing. And that's not to say it is untrue. Mm-hmm. I do think that movies, Grasp of History is a little loose, maybe. But uh, that's neither here nor there, and I don't have time to discuss that right now. That's okay. But... These movies, uh, so the Love Witch. I gotta say, that might be my favorite film of this uh, festival.
0: It's actually pretty in tune with the with kind of like the October season. Yes, too. it is.
1: Yes, it is. Oh my!
0: Is it spooky though?
1: No, 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 not spooky necessarily. It's. Uh, so it is a throwback, a very good extremely good stylistic throwback to sixties, seventies films. They got that driving a desk style oh green God, screen. Yes. They have these beautiful bright colors. I tell you, after after I've seen so many Zack Snyder films, I wanna see some color in something. <laughs> and you know what? That that happens and that it was it was it was lovely. And the um there was there was some laugh out loud. I laughed. I laughed okay. at that movie. I did. It it, it was funny. It was very good at because none of the characters act like they're in a comedy they act like they're in a film from that era Mm -hmm. and the comedy as such that you can that is intended in that context is very on the jaw very deliberate but then it's those it's the staging of those events that make it funny the moments are supposed to be played seriously
0: yeah
1: uh it would that would be played seriously at the time and um like, this is this movie. I did enjoy that it was basically screw you to the John Derricks of the world. Okay. Because John, John Derrick, for it was Bo Derrick's husband, he made a bunch of movies. He was rampantly misogynist in his mm-hmm. writings, and you could see that. Like, it was, wasn't even subtle. This movie was sort of a screw to that mentality. If you can see it, see it, because I feel like I'm not doing it justice. Whoever made this knows a lot about 60s, 70s movies and a decent amount, at the very least, about Wicca, mm-hmm. which is very visible. It's It's clearly something that I think a lot of. Uh, it was it seems like a a labor of love to make, and mm-hmm. I am really glad it exists.
0: I actually did want to see it, but I was like, I'm gonna choose one like spooky movie for me.
1: Yeah, you know, that was a that, that now that was a spooky format yeah. set up for a comedy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: A similar thing happened with The Architect, actually.
0: Really how?
1: So The Architect is a movie starring Will from Will and Grace yep. and Parker Posey.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: actually it was great to see it's, it's great to see McCormick again, Eric Eric McCormick on, on, on screen again, you okay, know? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I saw Deborah Messing in a TV movie a little while ago, actually, so there's there's that to it. But uh, and Parker Posey, I really like Parker Posey. I think she's kind of a comedic genius. Mm-hmm. And I um like she's Kind of like Myra Sorvino in that, like, she's famous for stuff in the 90s. She still is just as charming and yep. just as capable in, in, in 2016. Uh, the difference is Parker Posey isn't doing Christian movies right now. Okay. And the architect basically is this couple, uh, Eric McCormick and Parker Posey, who want to make a house and yep. build a house. So they buy this teardown house and they want an architect to make it. And the architect, so the, the, this couple's kind of mismatched to begin with. It's like he's a very practical guy who works in finance, and she's like an artsy sort of bohemian-ish girl, and they sort of drive that in because she wears like these sort of kind of hipstery but really good taste clothes, and he's like okay. sort of modern normcore.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: the architect is dressed in a very similar – the architect is this guy with an – I want to say British accent, horn glasses, same similar mixture of contemporary and – old style clothes and this he's so intense the guy playing him james frayne mm-hmm. is playing it so intense like all this full-on eye contact mm-hmm. very deep okay veers his voice into great depth whenever he's talking about his genius as an as an artist mm-hmm. the, the theme of art runs throughout um and the dynamic of art and practicality and I was like this character is acting like he's in a thriller. He's acting like he's like he's like he's like the villain in like something like 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 fear. <laughs> and then it turns out so afterwards there's a Q&A with the director. Yep. There's a cut of this with different music that's a thriller. Yeah. in some scenes cuz there are some scenes where he's in a certain scene where he basically threatens Eric to knock Eric McCormick off uh, a balcony. <laughs> I was like for a second there like is he going to knock yeah. him off the balcony? Is yeah. it actually... and there's scenes of Eric McCormick running in the street and the way they're shot I'm like okay his car is going to come out and he's going to try to run him over. Oh my god. But it doesn't happen. It doesn't turn into that, but he um like it's it is it does sort of get into kind of uh it set that up, and it's it's quite funny in that regard. That was a very enjoyable watch, Uh and that will probably. I have a slight prediction; you might be able to find that on Netflix. Oh, cool! I, I get I get the impression that they're going
0: to bring it in. They're going to import it.
1: Yep, yep. I I, I wouldn't uh, I I wouldn't doubt it. That's the kind of movie that'll that is as of right now in the, in this environment is, gets a good back end off a Netflix release. Which, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I do appreciate Netflix for that. I actually mm-hmm. don't have Netflix, but I.
0: You can still appreciate it. Yeah,
1: I appreciate like that I, for the Like, how I one.
0: appreciate, like, diamond rings, but I don't have one.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, they help. It helps Joe Swanberg, and, or what's his face? The Duplass Brothers out. So, yeah, <laughs> I like that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that one that one was less Halloweeny than The Love Witch, but you could watch both of those on, like, a horror comedy night. Like, if you yeah. were doing a horror comedy marathon, those could fit in there, sort of, because they have those hallmarks.
0: And it's so weird how now, like, uh, with Halloween and stuff like that, that people even make... Like niche movies that fit like the spooky genre. That there are that there are places where it's like this is definitely uh you know oh, yeah. a slasher movie. This well, is a, that kind of movie. Horror movies have always been a... cheap to make. That's right. And one of the um, one of the things that people are really in- into now is like apocalyptic films. Just because of all the new zombie things that are rising up, people are really I, into. I, the I was going to say the
1: election too, but the election like... Oh my god, the yeah. true
0: horror story that's happening in real life. Yeah, it's. But this is not happening in real life, but it's still really, really cool to think about. I watched a movie called The Girl with All the Gifts, uh, directed by Colin McCarthy uh, from the UK. And I had a really great time because um, there was a lot of. um, There was a a lot. um, The the main thing that there was a lot of things that were kind of different for me is the main person was, main character is a young girl. Um, most likely like thirteen, fourteen, and she is phenomenal. I had such a good time uh, watching her performance, and um, it, it was really, really uh, for me. It was really cool to see, just because, um, just just because um, it, it was really.
1: What we wrote earlier. Oh, okay. Um, yep. Yeah. Sorry, minor technical error.
0: That's okay. That's okay. It's the mine again. They came back. Mm-hmm. Any, anyways, it, it was just really uh, cool for me to see because of the way that um, that uh, they. Um,
1: um, you,
0: you, you okay?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm good.
0: Okay. Uh, just because of the way that it was, it was all done. Um, it was not your standard uh, zombie thing, unless. Well, it was kind of like. It was kind of like The Last of Us. I don't know if you guys know about the video game The Last of Us because the zombies were mm-hmm. not uh, the undead or anything like that, but they were actually controlled by... The a,
1: living impaired. The, they were, Look, c- we call them a living impaired.
0: Sorry, excuse me. Got to be a little bit more PC. Uh,
1: that's from The Simpsons, I'm
0: pretty mm-hmm. sure. But Maybe. they're actually um, turned into flesh-eating predators by a fungal kind of um, parasite. Have you heard about Cordyceps?
1: Yes, I have.
0: Do you know about the thing that makes it makes them do, like, it makes them...
1: Yeah, the zombie ant virus?
0: Yeah, the ant virus. There mm-hmm. you go. Yep. You are on the same brainwave as me.
1: Yes, I am, and that's, uh, that, that's the thing that, okay, so I have a history of finding zombies to be crushingly terrifying, because okay. I find that, that that sort of absence of sentience and ability to infect things mm-hmm. is horrific like that's the way you wipe out the human race. Vampires don't wipe out species yep. because if vampires kill all humans, take a lesson guys in Blade. Mm-hmm. There's no more blood. That, that was in Daybreakers. That was the plot of Daybreakers. It's like, well, we killed all the humans. Eh, slight population problem now. Should have thought of that while we were doing it. Eh.
0: But you know, the bloodlust, the bloodlust got to them. Yeah,
1: yeah, well that, that that you know, that's a thing that happens. But like zombies are an apocalyptic event. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, I assume that's the case.
0: Kind of. It's a little different because these people who are with that weird, like you know, flesh craving virus, some children are 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 able to um, have a. A, a degree of like sentience. I I don't want to spoil too much about it, but I'll just say one thing. Nothing is more freaky to me than like child child zombie things with their jaw unhinging and then like yeah. snapping. Well, and
1: children stuff like are that. scary. Children it's, are scary. It's
0: crazy scary, yeah. and yet at the same time, it's really endearing because of the main character who is played by um, um, actress um, uh, Senya Nanua, amazing, and Glenn Close is in it. Oh, really? Yeah, that well, was really. I, when I saw Glenn Close on screen, I was like. My God, is that Glenn Close? And I was excited.
1: I remember, like the first time I saw Glenn Close in anything, it wasn't uh, like Fatal Attraction. It was, it was Damages.
0: Really, I saw in like Dalmatians, Great yeah, show. Dalmatians. Oh yeah,
1: she was Cruella De Vil. Yeah, I, I, I get <laughs> a kick out of Glenn Close.
0: Yeah, it was actually, and so she's I, Guardians
1: of the Galaxy too. Was she not? She's she's Novacore. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you're right. Oh my God. Uh, anyways, our talk of Glenn Close aside, I thought it was just really, really um, cool. They had a really good cast, and they have a very of. Uh, variety of characters that are very interesting mm. uh, some of them fit kind of the trope but some kind of like like no don't they're a little out there so it's not too predictable especially mm. the ending which i don't want to give away and if you do want to see it you can see it it's actually on tonight nine fifteen at the rio really yeah it delightful is. so if you want to go see it you can and if i go into zombies i'm just going to move right into a few things i actually went to uh, i went to the zombie syndrome dead in the water and I talked about this um, a few weeks back and basically it's an interactive theater (sighs) piece in which you are a secret agent and you have to basically infiltrate this um, analogous, I'll say this, it's a vampire zombie, zombie vampire
1: well that's just great, it's like the East Germans they're communists and Nazis that's delightful, we always wanted that okay my apologies to the East Germans
0: they're not that anymore.
1: Yeah, let's, let's say that. Sure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Anyways, so it was really, really mm. fun, and everyone is given a role, and the most interesting thing is the, you have an app on your phone that activates when you're at a location. Okay. So new information is coming into your phone. So Vampire, like, zombie, go. So you feel like you're getting like a, off the
1: tongue so well. like a
0: mission update. So you're you're trying to make sure that you, know, you stop the bad guys and everything, and you have your own uh, sort of role that you play. So you can be the surgeon, you can be the hypnotist, you can be whatever. And the plot calls for the special operatives to show up and help. Hypnotist? Yeah. I'm not going to spoil too much if you're interested in doing that. It is a Granville Island. So if you want to do that, you, I do recommend that you wear running shoes. And you have to be careful not getting, you know, not wearing shoes that are slippery when wet because you get to go on a boat. Ah. It's really cool. You get to go on a boat and everything. All right, yeah. But I will let you know that your actions do ultimately res- um, ultimately affect the story because I did it with Christine, and we actually failed. You can actually fail mm. in this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And um, I, I won't say how we failed, but it, it, was, it was really interesting. And if you are going to do it, uh, they actually send you the coordinates to the secret location. Um, the day, I think the day before or the day of – the actual event oh so so you
1: sign on in advance
0: so they don't tell you um until it's the actual day okay to keep the secret and we actually talked to some people who were there and they've been and some of them have been following this group for about five years now So they said this is actually their best one yet
1: oh that's interesting and these guys this group makes these sort of games
0: yeah they've been uh, making for about five years now so this one um this one is the most current one. Again, it's called uh, Zombie Syndrome, Dead in the Water. If you are interested in doing that, it's at Granville Island. Just go uh, check it out. Another one that's happening at UBC Botanical Garden is a, sp- is a slasher-inspired work, which is part historical murder tour, part outdoor adventure.
1: Historical murder tour.
0: Yeah, and part meta-theatrical thriller.
1: All right, then. Yeah. I'm intrigued. It's a zoo. You know, they have those in Whitechapel.
0: Yeah. It's a Zoo uh, presents the Bone Chilling yeah. site-specific for event Hidden, which is starting October 22nd oh, to November yeah. the 13th at UBC Botanical Garden. It's inspired by slasher-era movies such as Friday the 13th and Halloween. And playwright and co-director Sebastian Archibald and award-winning director Chelsea Haberlin Sebastian will take...
1: Sebastian Archibald. What's he written? What else has he written?
0: Um, like, participants uh, on an... Ex- I don't, uh,
1: I don't know. No, no just, sorry, sorry, okay, any but, question, but, you sounded know, sound familiar.
0: That's okay, an exper- uh, experiential journey. They, you only have flashlights, and uh, there's going to be a, an intimate audience of like maybe 13 people, and they go deep into the forest to witness the grisly tale of the Lost Lover's Murder Tour. So if, uh, if you're interested in that, okay. again, it's, it's really, really, it's going to be quite fun. It's October 22nd to October 13th. Regular tickets are about 27 to $32, and um, it'd be good to maybe do that with a friend if you're really interested.
1: Yeah, or, yeah. you know, your significant other. That sounds like a great Valentine's Day thing to me.
0: <laughs> Valentine's Day in, like, in October, like, hey, we're celebrating it early, babe.
1: Valentine's Day in October. Well yeah, you know, if you, you you know the one I think everybody at least approximately knows like a sort of Tim Burtony couple. Like like not like gothy, but like okay, you know. Little gothy. Yeah, a guy looks kinda like Johnny Depp, a girl looks kinda like Winona Ryder. Maybe Helena Bonham Carter, and you know it's kind of—you guys know who I'm talking about. Like they, they listened to a lot of Panic at the Disco in high school. Uh, like, yeah, that, that sounds like sort of val- Valentine's in October. I, I think I got a good marketing gimmick on that one, actually. I think so too. Yeah, one, one Valentine's Day, last Valentine's Day. I cooked beef heart, and then I had—I carried on a platter so I could say I had my heart on my sleeve. I'm here all night, tip your waitresses. Some of them hooked too. Yeah.
0: But anyway, there's a lot of stuff to do if you are still looking for a, a fun thing to do before Halloween season. Because let's be honest, on Halloween, you're just going to get drunk. Yeah. You're just going to get drunk. So yeah. before you get drunk, do actually these other things. They've been really, really fun. Mm. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Although actually, funny thing that I do want to point out is that the I believe it's next week on Thursday Ooh, is that? a dual feature from The Norm, Ooh. one of which is the documentary Haida Gwaii, mm-hmm. which is a documentary about um, some Native peoples on the East Coast, on the West Coast. West yep. Coast. West Coast. The other one is Clear Cut, which is Canadian deliverance. <laughs> you know, apparently John Voight's a Trump supporter. That makes deliverance a lot easier to watch. Okay. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Tell me about it in the comments. <laughs> All right, but that's that. That is coming up this Thursday at the theater in the Nest. If you walk in the Nest, you'll see it. It's the great thing that the great big ball that looks like it's hanging out the ceiling.
0: Mm-hmm. And if people are interested in other stuff, the International uh, Vancouver Writers Festival. Will yes, be it is coming up, and that's going to be very interesting. That's mm-hmm. also at Granville Island. And that's it for our show. Uh, despite technical difficulties, thank you so much for being here with us. We appreciate you. This was The Arts Report.
1: I'm Jake Clark.
0: And I'm Ashley Park. And you're listening to CITR Radio 101.9 FM, broadcasting from unceded Musqueam territory in Vancouver. Thank you so much. Cheers. Have a good one.